0: Hello, everyone. This is uh, the Indian Diaspora Podcast. We are back here with episode twenty-eight. Uh, this is your host Shashi, and I'm joined by my co-hosts Vijay, Vishwas, and Nidaj. And today, we're going to talk about train journeys. Uh, all of us have fond memories of travelling on trains in our childhood in India, and uh, you know have taken many, many journeys. In fact, that's a ritual that no one is is left untouched by. But um, train journeys have evolved as well. Um, you know, some of us have been doing train journeys much later on in life as well, not just in India, but in other countries as well. So we're gonna talk a little bit about uh, what train journeys meant for us during our childhood years. All four of us had to make train journeys uh, back and forth to our campus at IIT Kharagpur. And that used to be an experience as well. I'm no, I'm, I have no doubt that we'll probably touch upon that too. But uh, let's start at the beginning. Earliest memories of, uh, of of making train journeys. Many of us will remember steam trains. Uh, let's start with that, um, if, if you don't mind. Um, Vijay, let's start with you. I mean, you were in an army family traveling around all over the place. Um, What's your earliest memory of of trains?
1: Very fond memories, Shashi. uh, I I don't know, there's something about uh, going in these trains with open windows, which obviously we don't get to experience that much anymore. But when I was a kid, and you're right, in the army days, we used to Uh, every three years we were transferred to a new location. So that necessitated a a train journey for sure. But then I think all of us were used to the idea of whenever we went on vacation, we didn't really fly around in those days. Uh, so train was the way to get around the country and India, as everybody knows, has a fantastic rail network and my earliest memories I'll, I'll talk about two of them, I guess there's so many, but I'll talk about two. One is I used to love staying up all night, looking out of the window. I don't know what I was doing because a lot of the time it was dark and could hardly make out anything. But I just loved, you know, everybody else would be sleeping. Uh, you, know, uh, you know, we had those uh, cabins where the seats become beds at night. Um, and I would just be just sitting at the window with the window open, the wind on my face uh, and just looking out. Um, and whenever there'd be some light or something, I'd get to see what was going on. I love to on the horizon and whenever the train turned I would be able to see the engine so so, that was really fascinating for me and I would stay up the entire night uh, looking at things outside that was something I really enjoyed the other fond memory that I have is we used to have a dog um, and every time we got transferred she would be with us in the same uh, cabin and we used to fight for the window so both of us are sitting at the window wanting to look out Uh, Those are also amazing memories. So those are my first memories. And uh, obviously there's lots more, but uh, those are the things that stick out in my mind.
0: Uh, Neeraj, um, living in uh, Rajasthan in Ajmer, um, that's an area that was dominated by the old meter gauge track. Um, What's your memory, smaller trains?
2: Exactly. So meter gauge, that's a word that I've not heard in ages because times have changed, right? So mine was mostly going from Alwar to Jaipur, uh, which was kind of split between bus and train. They, they used to take the same amount of time. Uh, the longest journey I used to do, I've done back then when I was a child was Amdabad or Udaipur. So, so you're right, so meter gauge. And <clears throat> they were putting up the broad gauge uh, from Udaipur to Amdabad. So we had to change the train, the train had to be changed. Uh, it was the same train, but I think the same name, same number, but you had to come out and go into the other train, something like that. Very weird memory. I don't have the details. But the biggest part was that these were not even diesel. These were coal. So like Vijay, if I sat on the window with the window open or anybody, you would get yelled at because all the smoke and the coal particles will come inside the boogie, right? So (laughs) you are not allowed to open the window, especially if you're traveling downstream and all the cold fumes and and, and all that was coming inside the train. So that was a very weird thing uh, on the meter gauge. Actually, they started making it broad gauge and it changed. By then, I had already moved to Kharagpur. So Kharagpur used to be uh, Nilachal. We used to take Delhi to Kharagpur-Nilachal back and forth. But for me, there was no connection, direct connection between the trains. Over to Old Halley, which was on the meter gauge, from Old Heli, take an auto to go to New Delhi station. And then from New Delhi station, the problem was there was quite distance between two uh, stations. And invariably, the trains were, although the trains were late, that were reaching destination, the trains that were leaving were on time. So 50% time, I would miss my uh, train and spend night at the train station. And these are not the train stations that that have become now. These were the old train stations with a couple of hawkers. There was no space in the waiting rooms. So I have slept a few nights on the train station uh, waiting for the train, sometimes overnight. So that's why uh, it was kind of weird memory in the sense that I've spent a little bit uh, time on the train station, but on, even on the train station, all going on, there's still a lot going. On. The people waiting for the train, and just chaiwala and kitabwala and all those. So it was fun times. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying it was at different times uh, over the time. The short distances have been replaced by taxis and long distances have been replaced by flights. During my college days in India, I think the fantastic part was eating a lot of train food. I mean, I ate a lot, especially in the beginning. Uh, My favorite used to be amrud and bananas from different stations. I don't know why, and maybe especially you're an agriculture guy, the bananas tasted different whether from delhi to all the way to <laughs> Kharagpur. they may be whatever you, you might tell but i loved it, enjoying bananas and uh, guavas a lot so that is my memory of that
0: hey, Neera, you know, I mean, just because you've picked up on this let me just comment on a few things you know so um, you know the bulk of india's train track was not on broad gauge a lot of this conversion happened in the 1980s. You know, we talk a lot about infrastructure these days, but if you go back to the 1980s, there was a huge amount of work going on in infrastructure, and in the railways, it was conversion from broad gauge to from meter gauge to broad gauge, or from narrow gauge to broad gauge. A lot of that was happening in the 1980s and 1990s, and your memory of that being around the time that you moved to Karakpur and all that is exactly right. There was also a lot of electrification going on, <clears throat> and the bulk of the conversion from uh, from steam to diesel or steam to electric also happened in that sort of 1980s and 1990s time frame. So all of us have no doubt memories of um, making long distance journeys on steam trains. And I remember that, you know, after taking a steam train journey overnight, you'd be spending, you know, at least a couple of days getting all the um, th- the cold particles out of your hair. So that was, you know, undoubtedly something that we all remember from our childhood. But, you know, talking about uh, Bananas and and all these things, you know, so India, I mean, the amazing thing is that in the West, there is only basically one type of banana that's sold in the shops. You know, the sort of Chiquita variety that comes from Latin America. But actually bananas have an immense variety. And in India, you can find, you know, at least a few dozen varieties of bananas being cultivated. Um, And depending upon where you are, there are different types of bananas on sale, which is why they taste so different. So that's my um, Token being an agricultural engineer engineer. here. Vishwas, you no doubt traveled quite a bit uh, as well because, you know, your family also moved around quite a bit.
3: Uh, What's your memory? Yeah, so the big uh, uh, picture about my, you know, that I I have, uh, you know, when I put together all my memories for train journey is uh, that uh, it got me a view of life that was uh, very different and outside of my small world as a child. So <clears throat> a lot of these journeys were between Delhi and Bangalore. Uh, when uh, my, uh, my family was uh, uh, relocating between the, these two cities, my, my father retired as a government uh, uh, employee and uh, he used to be posted in Delhi and Bangalore every few years. So we used to travel between these two places and a lot other places as well. But these were the, the bigger journeys that we had. Uh, in, in 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 at least one of them we had our own cabin, so that was uh, that was fascinating and, and and a lot of fun. Then we uh, uh, one of the things that I sort of implicitly got to realize was, uh, like I was saying, you know, a, a view out of life outside my small world was how how big uh, the country is and 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 it is almost entirely just. Because uh, we were living in cities and that was the only thing we knew. And, and cities was such a small fraction of the train journey. So sort of implicitly realizing how <clears throat> how almost entirely, uh, you know, from a landscape perspective, at least, the country was, was villages.
0: So, you know, in terms of my earliest memories of uh, train journeys, I mean, there's actually something that, may probably be my earliest memory. So, you know, Ranchi was another one of these stations which was not on the main line. So, largely steam trains for us. And depending upon which direction we were going in, you know, if you were going north towards Patna or towards Delhi or whatever, there was a very small station called Gomo where the steam trains used to get uncoupled and the electric trains would come and couple themselves. And likewise, if you were going um, east or south, you know, to Calcutta or to Bombay or whatever, um, we would go to, Tatanagar, Jamshedpur, and that's where the electric trains would come in. So, for a brief period, for about two, two or three years in my very early childhood, my father was building the aluminium plant in Bokar, in in um, Korba, um, the Bharat Aluminium Company. So, you know, we all went to live there, and we used to travel back and forth between Ranchi and Korba. And so, we used to go to uh, Tatanagar and wait for Gitanjali Express, which is a train that many people will remember fondly from India. <clears throat> And Gitanjali used to come roaring in with its electric engines. And even at the age of, I guess I was three, um, this train used to come in at like two in the morning or one in the morning. I used to be up there waiting for it to come to see the electric engine pull through. Uh, and that memory of, you know, seeing the electric engine and riding on an electric engine, um, you know, just absolutely sticks in my mind as something um, something so memorable. But for the longest time, you know, Benachi was uh, served by steam trains, until the early 80s. In fact, there was not even a diesel engine in sight in Rachi. Um, And so when my sister started going to Kharagpur in 1980, uh, we used to go and drop her off and we used to wait for the steam train to come in. Steam train plus seven coaches, that used to be the drill. And again, talking about the infrastructure upgrades that happened in the 1980s, uh, which we forget now. So steam to electric conversion was one thing, meter meter gauge to broad gauge conversion was one thing. But the other thing that happened with trains in India is they became long they became, I mean, amazingly long. In fact, uh, the standard train length in India these days is 24 coaches, which is an amazingly long train for passenger service compared to anything I've seen anywhere else in the world. So that was the start of my train journeys. Um, And, uh, you know, most train journeys from Ranchi were overnight. So the fascination of being able to go and sleep in the train and wake up somewhere else in the morning was something that was absolutely amazing. But... um, let's move the story on a little bit, you know, so um, other things that used to happen is, you know, making friends in trains. I mean, everybody was very friendly with everyone else. And the whole concept of piling up on, um, you know, packing a lot of food for yourself, but also piling on its food and sharing food with other people around around you. Is that your experience as well?
2: So to me, that was the best part of the train journey, right? That That is what kept me uh going in the trains the sharing of food and not just the food but like it was not you were forcing yourself on it uh, i'll actually fast forward that to uh, about eight years back from now we were visiting india with my family my children were 10 and 12 years old i was actually already in pune but the family was coming from jaipur to bombay and the train when they reached Bombay and I picked them up, I thought they must have had horrendous experience, you know, being A, B, C, D kids. I asked myself, like, hey, how was your train journey? So happy. He was so happy. He actually, I was talking about him yesterday. He, so the three things happened. One was, he said, hey, first of all, I had a complete bed to myself. After having bed to yourself <laughs> on a flight doesn't happen. So he found other kids. They were jumping bed to bed like monkeys. He told, them. but the best part was he like this family. They came out. They opened their bag, and so much food came out of it. Luckily, they were traveling with the Gujarati families. So came out thepla's, came out bakarwadi and dhakras. I, I, Vijay, you might know those names better than I do. (laughs) It was like so much food. And and then there was another family. They brought out their paratha, aloo ki sabji, achar. And he said he has never had that much food in his life on a journey. So, and they were all sharing. There was nobody like saying, oh, no, 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 no. This is our food. This is your food. They were all put it out on a newspaper in the center, put the suitcases at the table, put a newspaper in the center. And... And my son was totally surprised, pleasantly, with this experience. Uh, so that's why I to cut in and uh, chime in for this because that's not the experience. I mean, we had some experience like that. There was some, we were young, right? So there was some, uh, take some paratha, take some roti or whatever. But this experience was completely different. Go ahead, guys.
1: Yeah, I think the, there's a lot of, uh, similar experiences for me also it's very interesting when you spend maybe 24 hours in the same uh, section of a train with a an, uh, another family or two families how in that time you you know in the beginning it's kind of you don't talk much then you start talking and then be- before you leave it gets to the point where everybody's saying oh we should get in touch uh, please visit us and you exchange phone numbers or whatever right it's and, and most of the time, we never end up sort of following up. But during those twenty-four hours, or however long that is, um, you're sharing food. The whole uh, environment is so different from trains uh, in the U.S. or even in Europe or Japan, where I've you know gone on trains. It's uh, you, the things you described, Neeraj. It's uh, everybody sharing each other's food. There's sound. There's smell. There is uh, this idea of you know. I don't, and these people are complete strangers. I don't know, you know, <laughs> what they cooked or how they cooked it, but we're all enjoying, uh, enjoying each other's food. So that is something that uh, I experience a lot of times too. The other really interesting thing is uh, going back to the times when we used to travel to Kharagpur. So, you know, this was when I used to be on the same train that you mentioned, the, Niraj, the Nilachal Express from Delhi. And going out, yeah, it was interesting. But when we used to come back for holidays, especially Durga Puja, Uh, there weren't that many seats allocated to Kharagpur. So most of us would not get a ticket. And we would just board the train with our bags. We were going home for a week for the holidays. And we would just try to find a spot to sit. And you'd just walk around the cabins and, you know, look around. And people knew these were students from uh, IIT or some other college. There's a lot of college students around that time going home. And they would literally say, you can sit on the edge of my, you know, even when they were sleeping on that uh, sleeper bed, you could sort of curl up on the edge and have that space or even sat on the ground when we didn't have any space on, on the berths. So it was a very, again, um, this idea of this social experience being in the train and helping each other. So I know you don't have a, a seat, so you can share a seat. All that stuff was very, very much Indian. Uh, and there's a funny thing, you know, when especially when we were coming back from Tarakpur, you'd pass through uh, the Northern states, Bihar, etc., And they would ask, uh, you know, where do you study? and then we'd say, you know, very proudly I'm going to IIT and they say, Achha, ITI mein ho. So beta ITI, So the ITI, which is more of a vocational school, everybody knows it, and we would just say yes, I'm from ITI, and they would be very happy and said,
0: But you know, the remarkable thing about all of that is one, there's a lot of social capital. <clears throat> People are willing to be helpful to each other, but actually incredibly accommodating. I mean, you know, think about um, you know, these uh, at holiday times. Um you know, 50 students were just piling to a train and people would just accommodate that and be helpful and be, and you know, be, be sort of nice to them, you know, which they had no reason to be if, you know, I mean, you, you wouldn't see that at all in the trains in the UK. I mean, there's just no chance of it. But people were incredibly accommodating about these things. Vishwas, was, I mean, food, come on, your experience of um, traveling on trains and food, what was that like?
3: Yeah, so... Uh... You know, talking to what Vijay was saying, uh, Vijay, I don't know if you remember. Uh, we once went from Kharagpur to Delhi, and uh, uh, you were traveling on my reservations. So I was just remembering that when you were talking. I don't know if you remember. I uh, I almost missed. You know, I got down on one of the stations, and I and I missed uh, almost missed the train, and then I caught on and got into one of the later uh bogies and then I got down and and, and came back in uh, in, in, a, in a later platform I don't know if you remember it but that was a, a pretty uh, interesting experience for me because suddenly I was uh, 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 looking at a scenario of completely you know missing my train and then being totally lost in terms of uh, uh, you know, how to get back uh, into and and that's a time when you don't have any any of the communication. Uh, facilities that you have now. Uh, so, uh, you know, small adventures like this—getting off uh, a station to get uh, some food and uh, and uh, uh, and water—and uh, there was one uh, uh, instance where one of our common friends uh, uh, was telling me that. Uh, uh, so there, there was. There was a negotiation on buying something from the from the platform, and and there was a competition in terms of who can bring down the price of this thing to to, you know, to the maximum extent. So the, the the immediate coding price was a hundred bucks, and someone got it for twenty bucks, and then another person tried to get it for ten bucks. It was just a it was just a so there was a small statue. Uh, but with a little bit of a shimmer. So it looked quite good, but uh, uh, I don't know uh, how they were able to bring down the price. So, much. so there was, there was this, uh, so little things like these, uh, the companionship of uh, traveling with friends, the uh, adventure you have because you get down from one station to the other for different reasons, including for food. And uh, and one thing that is uh, very different from, for me from a food point of view is that I used to not eat much when I was traveling. Somehow I used to lose my appetite entirely. I don't know what it was. It was not really exactly motion sickness. I wasn't feeling sick, but I wasn't feeling hungry either. So no food. <laughs> hey, I got I to
1: gotta jump in on that story, Vishwa. So I do remember <laughs> traveling on a reservation. And I think the the... The last journey back from Karakpur is very memorable for me because all of us, uh, you know, we were leaving for good. We had all our stuff with us uh, this time, and all of us had a little bit of money left, right? So, we were, as we were reaching different parts of the journey, people were getting off, and you know, one of my friends said, "Oh, I'm getting off at uh, I think it was Kanpur or something." He said, "Here, take." I, he had like twenty bucks or something in his pocket. He said, "I'm I'm going home now. I'll, my parents can pay for the auto or whatever. You take." We literally, by the time we got home, we had nothing in our pockets because we were just sharing with each other and getting each other home somehow, just enough to get to the other end. So there was a lot of that kind of camaraderie and sharing also going on in the train. Food, I have to say that somehow I loved the train food. Now, if I ever went and saw the pantry where they were making it, it was scary. Actually, it got better over the years. But if you, you know, in the early years, if I went and saw, uh, you know, in those days, they used to bring it on those steel trays, uh, literally just with the dal and all floating around. Later on, they went to those uh, aluminum packs, which you know seemed a little more hygienic. But somehow that food, even though it was fairly basic, was something that I loved. And even when my parents would pack food for the journey, they would order one meal just for me because I just wanted to have that. Even the morning uh, breakfast used to be two slices of white bread with uh, you know, lathered with amul butter or something. And uh, those cutlets they used to make, somehow they were, they just, I just loved them. so. I have a very different memory of train food. I loved having every meal that came my way on the train.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think all of us are recounting that. I mean, train food is unbeatable, and some, somehow, I mean, Vishwas, you are the exception here. Everybody else used to feel very hungry traveling, and uh, you know, the food was always available, and you know, the variety of food that was available at stations. You know, I mean, I think all of us have had the experience of um, the uh, tea sellers and you know, a chai, chai, chai gram. That is, um, you know, one of these morning chants that wakes you up at stations. But the whole variety of food that's being sold, you know, uh, fried stuff, boiled eggs, you know, if you go to the south, you know, Idli and, and chutney being sold. Um, th- there is a whole sort of ecosystem around all of this. <clears throat> um, in, in, in my experience, you know, so I, I was in Ranchi and going to Kharagpur, we had this one overnight train. But the one unique feature of this train was that it arrived in Kalakpur at three thirty-seven in the morning. So the trick used to be that you had to fi- you had to make sure that you weren't asleep when this train got to Kalakpur. Um it used to stop in Kalakpur for about ten minutes. But if you were asleep, the next stop was Howrah, um which it would get to at whatever sort of five thirty-six in the morning <clears throat> and then uh, you would have to make your way back from there. So we used to spend a very sleepless night making sure that um we weren't asleep when the train got to Got to Kharagpur. If you were traveling in a group, of course, it made life easier because somebody was awake and they would go around waking everyone else up. But if you were not in a group, then that was a real challenge. But anyway, guys, we've talked about our journeys in, um, in childhood years. After leaving Kharagpur, what's your experience been? I mean, Vijay, you left the US immediately afterwards and you've lived pretty much apart from the few years in India, you've lived in the West. Have you done many train journeys?
1: not a lot so the ones that uh, obviously because i'm in connecticut going into new york city uh, we you know that's a good way to get in so taking the amtrak or the metro north railroad so these are short trips right you're basically sitting. Uh, the concept of sleeper doesn't exist the uh, couple of times that i've enjoyed long journeys has been more in other parts of the world uh, most memorable were journeys on the bullet train in japan and i think part of it is just the fascination of the speed with which it goes and then the TGV in europe uh, Large distances covered pretty quickly, so nothing overnight there, but uh, those are good journeys. And then uh, when I, a few years ago, we went with our parents to uh, Italy. We did a lot of roaming around, uh, getting from city to city on trains. Again, very good, memorable experiences.
0: Um, and Vishwas, and um, you know, you've spent a lot of time in India, but um, I think we've all talked about the fact that long distance journeys have become more by air. Have you been traveling by train at all?
3: Yes, uh, usually towards the Uttar Pradesh site from Delhi to UP, uh, and uh, uh, there is an upcoming journey where we will be going to Jaipur. So short journeys are uh, not very long where uh, the the difference between train and uh, flight is not much, and you look at the time of your convenience. So yes, that is when we travel. now, uh, we travel, of course, uh, in in ways that we would consider super luxurious. If, when you know if we were to look at it from the eyes of our uh, college days, uh, we try, and it's a it's a lot more regimented, you know, better organized. Uh, a lot of times we travel in shatabdi. That's usually the the way we. Uh, That's, you know, that's usually the way we are connected from Delhi on on both sides. So typically that is how it is.
0: You know, it's it's interesting, Vishwas, I mean, so I've done the Delhi to Kanpur journey as well, you know, about 20 years ago. Um, But at various times, there have been these prestige trains that were there as showcasing, you know, what was the most modern thing available on Indian railways at the time. So I remember traveling from Delhi to Agra in 1985 by what was then called the Taj Express, which was a, you know, actually a very, very good train, uh, nonstop from Delhi to Agra. It used to take, whatever, two and a half hours, whatever, something of that kind. Um, <clears throat> you would go in the morning and you would come back in the evening and you would have a whole day to uh, spend around as a tourist in Agra. And then after, you know, at trains like Taj came the Shatabji Expresses, uh, you know, to Agra and then to Gwalior and then to Kanpur and various other places. And there are lots of Shatabjis that got created. So in 2003, I took the Shatabji Express from... Delhi to Kanpur. And, you know, I I, I may be wrong, my, my recollection may not be right, but I think it was non-stop from Delhi to Kanpur in five hours, something like 450 kilometers. And again, a very good train. And now, more recently, we're seeing the faster trains in terms of the Vande Bharat. Um, and that's a fantastic experience as well. Um, but the other really distinctive trains in India were the Rajdhani Expresses, which connected the state capitals first Calcutta and Mumbai, but other uh, places as well in more recent years. And those are fantastic experiences. You know, you could not travel unreserved. You know, all food was catered for and all that. And it was just a beautiful experience. Um, Neeraj, your experience, you talked a little bit about tra- traveling with your children. On-
2: so I, I'm going to give uh, things about the train journey. So I, I'm I'm sort of a mid-camp between you and uh, Vishwas. While I enjoyed food and train, I timed it perfectly. Timed it based on my next purpose. <laughs> so so I ate a lot of fruits. I ate a lot of fruits on the train. Uh, but I did not. I was within a couple of hours of my destination. And uh, you can. Train, you talked about one thing that we actually don't. Uh, we talked, you know, Vijay was talking about space to sit at the corner and being nice to students in general and we have reciprocated that back there's always this sort of camaraderie between train passengers that you don't see on the flight in the flight actually you see the opposite where people are fighting for every single inch of their elbow room on the on the on the you know handle uh, headrest and all those things trains were kind of on the other way completely opposite people were willing to give you an extra inch if you this or you were uncomfortable, right? So there was always just sort a of different camaraderie, and luckily we didn't have WhatsApp or Facebook back then. Otherwise, God knows we'll have a million Facebook friends uh, based on our train journeys itself. Uh, talking about the train, I had actually very poor timing. The way Nilachal used to leave Delhi was six am, and. And then coming back, it used to reach 6 p.m. So I used to miss the trains. I actually was not very fond of traveling long distance on the train back in those days because of the timing and I have to spend overnight at the station, whether I'm going to Kharagpur or whether I'm returning from Kharagpur. But the moment we stepped into the train, found Batchmates. Now, of course, I'm in S2 and Vijay is in S4 and some of the people in S6. We would figure out a way to get together and enjoy the journey. So that that's a part I think we don't realize. The train journey was made better because of the people you were traveling with, not necessarily because of the trains themselves. And and that, that's why it kind of went on. Now, once I moved to US, I have traveled through uh, mostly done you know travel by planes and cars. The only long distance travel I've done between two cities is Richmond to on a train. And it was an Amtrak train. Uh, It was not an express. It was not a local. But it stopped at mostly major stations. It was 12 hours journey, 14 hours journey. I have to remember exactly. Outside of that, most of my U.S. train travel has been, you know, the subways and metros in almost all major cities. In 2021, my wife and I were planning to take the train in alaska that goes from vancouver to i think anchorage or juno i don't remember of course covid happened cancelled we are looking forward to doing that it is supposed to be a glass top train that goes to us and ice cap mountains and valleys and whatnot take uh, rather than a means to travel from city A to city B. Uh, maybe, th- you know, that's because, as Vishwas mentioned, flights have become cheaper, but at the same time, uh, you look at the luxury and convenience and the flexibility, uh, and if the flexibility is by train travel versus flight, I'm more than happy to do that. And I've done alwar Japur Jaipur uh, or Delhi Jaipur trips multiple times, even after coming to U.S., uh, but... Those are the second AC or first AC, whatever that is. And it's a only four-hour journey. So you don't get the time to develop and enjoy. You're in sort of in a coach that's kind of covered with the uh, curtains and dark-tinted windows. So th- those have been more like a taxi ride than actually a train ride. Um, I still love going by train. If I get a chance to travel long distance and I'm not, I'll still do it. It's, it's a fun experience, and talking about that last night with the kids, they actually are looking forward to doing it again in India.
0: So, you know, I mean, that's that's fantastic, Nidaj, and, and, you know, I'll,
2: I'll come and talk a little bit about
0: my experience of traveling with my son in India as well. But there's one thing that I think we're missing out here, which is worth remarking on, that in addition to these long-distance and uh, express trains, there were local trains in India. I lived for three months in Mumbai after graduating from Kharagpur, and the and, and travel in the local trains in Mumbai. And I have to tell you, that's a full multi sensory assault in so many different ways. I mean, that is, a, that is a real experience of how to travel in a Mumbai local at peak times. But the other <clears throat> experience that's also worth talking about is that you know, one of the things that the Indian Railways does and does very well is run these passenger trains that go through the middle of nowhere. Uh, they stop at every station. They're very slow. But they are a real lifeline for, well, they were in our times at least, they were a real lifeline for a lot of very poor people. And so I've traveled on some of these from like Jharsuguda to Ranchi or from Ranchi to, or from Jamshedpur to Kharagpur. There used to be actually a a passenger train connecting Jamshedpur to Kharagpur, you know, very slow. Um, And you see the entire sort of cross-section of humanity traveling on these, carrying on commerce. You know, people carrying on, uh, p- people getting goods onto these things to go and take to the next village or the next town to sell. And that's an, actually a part of Indian railways, which we may not have experienced very much of. But the bit that I experienced was very humbling in terms of what the Indian railways can do. But just to carry on with the thing about um, you know, traveling with children. So, you know, the first thing is that, look, I've had an experience of traveling on trains pretty much throughout my life because I lived in Mumbai, traveled in Mumbai locals. Then I went and lived in Boston, lived in Delhi for a while, didn't travel on trains all that much, although there was some travel going on. And then went to uh, Boston, where we had the the T, the subway system. So I used that quite a bit. And for the last 24 years, I've been living in London, where the underground is very much been a part of my life, in fact, part of everyday life. And as you guys know, you know, the last 20 years working for transport for London and thinking, thinking about the railways and all that stuff every day. But my son was born, um, you know, about the same time that I joined TFL. And uh, in the UK, I mean, in many places elsewhere as well, but definitely in the UK, children grow up and boys especially grow up with their favorite character which is called Thomas the Tank Engine. And uh, my son was absolutely obsessed with Thomas the Tank Engine, all of his characters, he knew them by name and number and everything else. And he thought that they were his friends. So he used to name all the underground trains by uh, the same characters as the Thomas trains. Um, And when we used to go back to India, he would look at the trains and look at the size and shape and everything else, and he would give them names. And for him, the whole experience of traveling in Big Gordon, Gordon is one of the express trains in the Thomas cities, but traveling in Big Gordon, where you can go and sit inside Big Gordon, and somebody gets you a blanket and a pillow, and somebody brings you a meal and all that stuff, was a real experience. He used to absolutely be thrilled the experience of traveling by train in india i mean more recently we've only been flying for the most part but earlier when he was younger you know he used to be thrilled at traveling by train but let me talk a little bit also about my experience of uh, you know running railways and and traveling on trains i mean trains are very much a part of everyday life in fact you know in my entire life i have never ever driven to work I've always taken public transport to work, and that's something that I continue doing even today. So trains have been very much a part of my life you know, in a very different sort of way than what we've talked about here. Long distance trains or longer distance trains in the UK, I mean, I use them a bit, but I don't use them very much. But I've been you know, really struck by the role that trains can play in everyday life if they're designed into your life, which of course is not the case in most places. And this has been a huge theme of everything that I've been doing, you know, even back in India. But um, you guys, all three of you, I mean, you've been largely commuting by car. Um, Have you ever had the experience of commuting by train? So,
2: so, yes,
3: I have. I have. uh, So, Delhi is where I live and uh, Gurgaon is where my offices have been in Cyber City. So, that's a a, a road journey of around 25 kilometers and uh, the traffic is uncertain So, but uh, the, there is good connectivity using the metro so you know calling that a train and uh, uh, if and when I need that journey to be very predictable in terms of being able to reach on time then I take the metro it comes with the advantage of uh, giving me a uh, Opportunity to walk as well, and uh, it's also uh, good to uh, travel in metro uh, once in a while. It's it's pretty educating how uh, you know it's a different experience to to uh, to travel with a lot of people as they go from you know one place to the other as part of daily lives. The the things they talk about and uh, and and I learned a lot of what they do. It's all very educating. So yes, I've had that uh, experience and continue to. Whenever I am um, trying to make sure that I am reaching on time.
0: You know, Vishwas, metros I think are a great leveling experience, right? Because you get in the metro, you are just like one of all the other people that are there. Um, you know, you pay for the right to be there, so have so has everyone else. And, you know, I keep saying back in India that, you know, if you want to break down barriers of caste and class and all these things, good public transport would be a very effective way of doing it because you don't have no idea who the person next to you is or what they do or whatever. And you have to accept the fact that you are just one of them. So, I just... I'll, uh,
2: so I'll add to that. So every major city I've gone to, whether out of choice or just because there was no other you know choice, I've always done uh, local metros. Uh, Starting from Atlanta, Washington, D.C., New York City, Chicago. BART, I've done BART multiple times. BART is Bay Area. Uh, Dallas also has a small one. Phoenix, uh, I've actually even traveled in your subway, Shashi. Uh, I came out of, I had like a few hours of layover between Heathrow and Catway. Wonderful. And and they let me go out. I don't know, I I didn't have to take any visa or anything. Uh, back then i think pre-september 11 life was much much simpler so i had come out of the heathrow gate, Gatwick. i don't know i had taken the train to go to victoria from there i walked around took the took the bus just told the bus like hey i need two hours to just take a round trip between you know back and here and they did that so i i, I love local metros or subways and i've done in india I've also done telly uh, which was when i came to meet you i came by the Delhi Metro and uh, Bombay I've done local all the way from Borevili to Churchgate and Churchgate back to Borevili partly for the experience of it partly because uh, Uber was going to take two hours and Metro was going to take uh, not Metro Bombay local was going to take 45 minutes so I-, I love traveling in the locals and just to your point about you're all the same exactly you know and and, and but one of the things uh, you mentioned earlier it's a sensory overload right? Uh, you can smell all sorts of smells, and if you can't handle them, then, then that's your problem. <laughs>
0: <Okay>. <laughs> Nobody... <laughs> I mean, Metro's called mass transit for a reason. I mean, they really are mass transit environments where you are in very close proximity to yeah. completely unknown strangers.
2: Yeah, exactly. And and, that, and And the thing is, you don't have a choice. It's not like you can tell the person anything. It is what it is. And I distinctly remember traveling very early local from uh, Kharagpur to Kolkata, right? It was like 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. very early, me and some of my uh, wingmates. And it was fish. They were canning yeah. fish yeah. in tokaris. Yeah. <laughs> you had no choice. <laughs> so, so we had done that, and I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Even, as I said, if, depending on the uh, speed to get somewhere and the convenience. I am actually very open to the train journeys in India or even in the u s for that matter
0: yeah you know look you know I mean I would say this wouldn't I because you know i I work for a transport authority um I mean that is the future in my mind, you know good public transport is how we can meet all the future challenges of getting to net zero and climate change and and everything else. that is the best way to do it, um, and the more that that happens, the happier I feel I think let's stop at that note, you know that's a very positive note to stop on. I think you know we've had a fantastic ride today on train journeys, reminiscing about um, the fantastic experiences we've had in our childhood and later on. Um, We'll sign off here. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Indian Diaspora podcast. This is your host, Shashi, with my co-hosts Vijay, Neeraj, and Vishwas signing off now.